This is the Thin Space Podcast. My name is Evan Chastine, and I'm joined as always by co-hosts Jody and Larry Green. In this episode, we're also happy to be joined by Tom Ashbrook. Before we get to our conversation, we have a few quick reminders. There are some in-person events on the calendar, and we'd love for you to join us if you're able. Lavish is a three-day retreat located in Georgia for women, prayerfully designed to direct you into an encounter with the heart of God. Lavish begins on March 25th, 2022, and you can learn more or register at the link in our show notes to this episode. Silence is a self-directed two-night silent retreat in which each participant is assigned a spiritual director from Cloudwalk to meet with privately two or three times over the weekend. The retreat begins on April 1st and is located at St. Bernard Abbey in Coleman, Alabama. Details and registration can be found at the link in the show notes to this episode. And finally, Solely Business is a two-day men's retreat in Cleveland, Georgia to connect men in the marketplace to God and one another. Dates are April 8th through 10th, and you can visit solelybusiness.com for more information. And now to our conversation with Tom Ashbrook. Well, Tom, welcome back to the Thin Space Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I think the listeners have, have spoken a little bit. I, your episodes uh, with Bill are still some of our most listened to episodes. So, uh, gosh, we just appreciate you being here and, and all the insight you bring uh, to this podcast. To start out, I, we're going to be talking a little bit about your your book, one of the books that you've written uh, called Presence. And before we started recording here, you mentioned this journey to writing it. Um, that it was not always meant to be a story. So this is this is told in a story format. Could you share with us how you came to write uh, this book, Presence? Yeah, I just even a little further back than that, Evan. Uh, it started with a word that uh, my monk friend, brother brother Boniface, said to me early on in my meeting. It's the word ausculta. Um, ausculta. It comes from the um, uh, St. Benedict and the rule of St. Benedict, and it means to perceive, to be aware. And it it's a word that formed, I think, my early uh, formation as I began to grow in uh, deepening relationship with our Lord Jesus. And uh, uh, Brother Boniface would say he's here. He's in everything. He's he's speaking to you all the time. And you know, I would complain that uh, I I don't hear him. And I you know I'd use words like show up and you know why can't and all this. And so this uh, that that's been kind of a line of my my journey to to try to perceive Jesus present. Uh, not coming and going, not up in the sky someplace. And uh, as a spiritual director, I I found uh, that that uh, was also a a stumbling block, if you will, this sort of perception. We know that heaven isn't up in the sky, and we know that Jesus is with us and in us, but. Nevertheless, uh, many of us uh, think that way, uh, subconsciously, not uh, theologically, that, that I'm communicating to somebody who's someplace else, uh, God, and he has to send a message back to me uh, either pretty soon or later, and I have to listen for a message. And when I would ask uh, people what they want to have happen in their prayer time, what, what do they want God to do? The most often answer I would get is to get a word from the Lord. And so what we really begin are talking about is this relationship of information exchange, kind of like what's going on here now, right? I mean, and the information exchange is a good thing. We need to hear from the Lord. We need his direction, his insight, his wisdom, knowledge, the, the things he gave us. But 
it becomes an external experience of listening, talking to and listening to God. And so uh, it's not unusual that I tell people, talk to me about your prayer times, your prayer practices. And, um, and people would tell me, well, you know, I, I start with this devotional. I spend some time in the word. I move on to a prayer app and then I try to be still a little bit and uh, so on and uh, all good things. Uh, but I often ask the question, what would change if you looked up and Jesus were sitting in the room? You know, I get some quiet. Uh, would you do the same things? And the answer is usually no, I wouldn't do any of that. I mean, I wouldn't ask Jesus to wait while I read the Bible or to sit tight while I tuned in to, uh, you know, praying online or whatever. And, you know, I'd, I'd probably fall at his feet. I'd, I'd probably burst into tears. I'd, you know, and then people would go on and talk about what, what that would be like. And um, so the, this passion on my heart, what would it be like? Uh, so like the subtitle of the book, what, what if Jesus were really here? You know, and of course, that's what the Gospels tell us, right? Uh, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I, I live within you, you and me, I and you, this, this incarnation that continues to go on in us. But, um, but how do we perceive it? How do we, what, what does ausculta mean in, to, in terms of our daily life and rhythms of perceiving Jesus? And so I started out trying to write this book, uh, as a teaching book. Well, Jesus is here, here are the scriptures that explain that and tell it. And so how do we be still? How do we listen? How do we perceive? Uh, how do we intuit? Another Boniface word, we, we learn to intuit the heart of God. And, um, but they're abstract words and you get these kind of blank stares. And, and uh, so how can, we explore what that might be like and how we can be intentionally uh, present to the Jesus whose presence with us. And I had a terrible time. I think it, I worked on this book three, four years and it just didn't cut it. And one day I'm praying about this and the Lord just as not out loudish, but as much close to that as I can get it. You can't tell people about it, Tom, you got to show them. And so what does that mean? And I realized it meant to write a story of it happening uh, to some people. And so I, I started and realized that in writing fiction, particularly and writing a story, you got to hold the whole thing in your head. You know, you forgot what somebody said and then you call them the wrong name and you, you just can't pick it up and put it down. And so I went to Potter's Inn, uh, 9,000 feet near Pikes Peak, and hauled my camping trailer up there uh, and uh, spent five weeks. Charlotte, my wife, would come up on the weekend, or I might go down to Denver, but five weeks. And my day would start at five in the morning, and I get up for prayer, uh, where the Lord would completely rewrite what I had planned. So I went up there with a book outline, okay, not from scratch. And he completely redo it. And what? And so I'd have something to eat. Then I'd, you know, on the computer until lunchtime, a bite to eat on the computer all afternoon. I'd take a walk. Usually I'd walk a couple miles in the morning, come back, and I'd come up. Something happened that was completely different. And uh, and over those five weeks, the Lord just kind of unfolded uh, this story. And uh, this sounds sort of egotistical. I don't mean it that way, but I cried through half of it because what I was writing is something I deeply long for. It, it's, you know, I, I haven't seen Jesus appear in my room. You know, I, I haven't had him confront me physically and in the ways that he does the characters, these three characters in the book. And, Yet I, I long for that. And I, I share their grief when he says, hey, I'm, I'm not going to do this forever. You've got to learn how to, to, to know me present 
when you can no longer see me and hear me physically and so on. So it, it, um, so I desire in, in the book is that it would just, uh, that in reading it, people might share my deep longing to know him more presently, more fully uh, to, he's a man with a personality and uh, he smiles and he frowns and the more we can know him that way and the more I long to know him more deeply that way. That, uh, so I wanna somehow invite people into that exploration. So to pick three characters, that's kind of where I started was, um, you know, Jim's a pastor of a church, so I can relate personally because I've been a pastor much of my ministry life. And and then Lillian, a stay-at-home mom and facing all the issues of daily life. And and then Barry, this, uh, my first church was a country church. So Barry, the farmer, I, I knew many Barrys uh, in my ministry time who I deeply loved and respected. And so to try to, to show that the Lord, first of all, makes himself known to us in ways that are completely unique uh, to who we are. And so each of them, those first encounters, you know, the, the dream for Jim and the almost car wreck for Lillian and naked in the shower for poor Barry. And uh, so, uh, you know, and that's just the way the Lord does. It's just uh, tuned to who we are and how we need to meet him and experience him and, and that he initiates it. You know, we talk about finding God, connecting with God and so on. We, how do you connect with the creator of the universe, right? It, you know, where do you even start with that? And um, where we often go is to read the Bible, which is a good thing always, but we read about the creator of the universe, but our hearts long to know him, to connect with him. And so uh, he's, he's always proactive. He's, and it may not be quite as radical and physical uh, as in the book, but he's, he's at that work with us. And then to see him, what he does, as you know, is uh, spiritual direction with each of the three, right? I mean, it's, it's just that listening, asking questions, exploring, inviting uh, the characters to share what's on their hearts and um, to help them see him as a God of love that uh, rather than some of the presuppositions they brought into the relationship uh, that he's a judge or he's a taskmaster or he's He's a punisher for Barry, you know, took his wife prematurely. And um, so, and they had to experience him as different. They, you couldn't just tell them their theology was messed up, uh, but they had to experience him as, uh, as a God of love and compassion. And, uh, yeah. So then the, you know, another passion of mine is community. And then, so the next phase of it moves from that we experience Jesus as present in one another. So uh, sitting here on Zoom with you guys right now, uh, I'm looking at Jesus and the three of you. Uh, he's in you, he dwells in your hearts, he's alive in you, he speaks through you. He, um, he initiated this project, the process, this conversation uh, in you. And so, uh, so my, uh, this business of ausculta, the perceiving, uh, intuiting doesn't just happen uh, when I'm alone in my prayer time with God, that's important, but uh, that I need to look for him and uh, discern his presence in, the, in brothers and sisters in Christ that are around me. And to help them experience, oh my goodness, that while one of them in the group was didn't get it at all, the other got it immediately and could share, you know, what he was up to and what he was doing and how he might he was leading, and so that uh, 
So while they started out pretty jealous of their private time with him, uh, you know, and didn't particularly like each other in the first place, uh, you know, they fell deeply in love with one another uh, as they experienced Jesus in one another and then uh, could love uh, themselves. And then the church, uh, you know, what, what would the church be like if when I go to church, it's more than to hear a good sermon and learn something. Uh, and it's more than to enjoy the music and the liturgy. Uh, but uh, to meet Jesus there and to expect to meet him there, that what would I do differently as a pastor if I wanted to facilitate that? And uh, what would I do? What would How, how would I attend church, if you will, and interact. Uh, if that's what I longed for to happen uh, that Sunday morning or, uh, in the Bible study that I attended. So, yeah, and then the third movement in it is about mission, really. The, uh, what in Imago Christi we call second order calling. Uh, the, the, how is it he wants me to serve? He wants me to serve him. And uh, that, that again, I meet him uh, in the marketplace, if you will. I, you know, they met him in the bars as they interviewed people who never went to church. And they, they met him hanging out in, in uh, just like Jesus did. You know, he was never in the religious places very often. And so, uh, so uh, if I, if I keep my eyes and open, I begin to spot him. And then I begin to learn to, to love others and let him love them through me. And, you know, I can never generate that kind of love, but as I sense him loving them, then I fall in love with the most unlikely character uh, that I'm not attracted to at all or have anything in common. But uh, Jesus is just loving all over this guy. And, uh, you know, uh, so I, I might as well enter into that. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the movement that uh, it took on. And, and so it was fun. A fun scene in the book is where Jim is up on the hillside with Jesus and they're talking and the Fox family comes out to play at their feet. Uh, you know, that's uh, just, uh, I think Jesus has fun with us. He enjoys uh, being with us and doing things that delight us and make us curious. And uh, I think sitting in the room with Jesus, there has to be a lot of laughter uh, and uh, joking around maybe. And uh, so... I tried to let that happen uh, where I could. Tom, as I'm sitting here and listening to you, when Jesus invites the three characters to go into the community, as you said, to go to the bars, and, and I think Lillian was invited to go to the country club and, and Jim to go to homeless shelters. And, and, and this morning I was in Florin Decor, which is a tile place, and I had this gentleman who was of Russian descent helping me um, load some very heavy boxes. And I, that book kept coming to mind, what you wrote kept coming to mind. And, and I was intentionally very, very intentional about being kind and, and engaging him in conversation. And as I went to check out and I thanked him again for helping me, he said, you know what, you're, you're very kind. And it just, and I just am telling you that because your book made me so aware of how I'm being with other people today. It was so thank you for that. I, and, and just the invitation, uh, just a beautiful reminder to, to be that, that to be, to be present, Jesus present through me to people, even outside of church and ministry, which I, I can, if I'm honest, I'm not always as aware of that. So, so thank you for that. That was a blessing this morning. It was fun, wasn't it? It was so much fun, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Tom, as I was reading, 
And I love that question. Do you think things would go differently if Jesus were sitting physically in the room and and he asks a question about church and what happens in church and how how they um, how they're doing church. I think is the question. And I just wondered if you had anything else you wanted to share about that. I, if Jesus, if Jesus, if we were aware that he was with us in church, how church might look different. Well, I think you know that again that just like he uh, is with us in different ways, uniquely to our own personalities in, in, you know, in the prayer room, for example, uh, I think it might look differently in different churches, uh, you know, with different polities and uh, orders of worship and so on. But I think there, uh, in our worship, we can sing uh, to the Lord often rather than sing about him. There's nothing wrong with singing about him, but there's something about adoring him and worshiping him uh, using second person pronoun you instead of he. And sometimes uh, even in the same song, I think it can be helpful to be reminded that he's here, that he loves us, that he's, he's, he's in the service uh, with us together, that, that he knows what's on our minds and hearts and it matters to him that um, that through the sermon, through the songs, through the Eucharist, through uh, the fellowship time, he wants to meet us and speak to us and encourage us and that we can keep our eyes peeled. Um, uh, we might be silent a little bit, you know, we, we talk in the spiritual formation world about silence and the importance of solitude and silence and being still with the Lord. And yet we go to church and there's not a nanosecond of silence often, right? Uh, we, we fill every bit of space. There's no time to reflect. There's no time to think about it. Uh, it's, you know, we go immediately from the sermon to the next hymn to the prayer to the, you know, bang, bang, bang. And we leave church kind of been able to grasp. And so some pauses, a 30 second pause would seem like forever in most of our church services, but it could be 10 seconds or 15 seconds to just be still and sense what he's laid on your heart. And from the reading of the word to preaching of the message to a hymn that what word stuck with you that you think the Lord was. Uh, so there may be things that just invite people to, uh, to become attentive. And it, it's something we learn really, uh, I, at least in my own life, that uh, I, you know, I'm used to relationship that is uh, built on my senses, right? What I see, what I hear, what I uh, touch and feel and and so I, I kind of go at relationship with those senses all on cue, right? And uh, I know I'm not, probably not going to see God, and, uh, but still. So I, I have to, to learn to let the spiritual senses that the Lord has created within me uh, to, to develop and mature, to, to reach out, to touch, to feel my, my receptors uh, to him. And, you know... Again, we can feel them. We've, we pray for one another and someone will say, gee, I felt some real warmth there. And those things certainly happen, but uh, it's taken me uh, and is still taking me a long time to, uh, to perceive uh, that which my senses don't give me information about. So to practice that a little bit in church and to model um, so what I may do is to go home and carry on my devotional life uh, with the Lord the same way I experienced it in church. So I, you know, I set aside a block of time and I fill it with things that I control. And so my, I may ask God something, but I, nobody ever suggested, at least often to me, that I stop and wait for an answer, <laughs> that he really does want, he cares what I 
I need here and he wants to respond to me. And um, so, so for example, during uh, your prayer time, Jody, uh, the word Askulta came to my mind and I realized that I thought, I'll mention that. I know I'd, I'd forgotten about it. And so as we're asking the Lord to lead our time, I think the Lord gave me that word and, and, um, and let me use it. So. You talk about, and I know it's all of these things we're talking about, you know, we're referring to the book, but it's, it's far more than just the book. But you, you talk about this journey with these characters about really learning how to hear God in their heart, um, how to get still to uh, hear from within. Can you just, if you would, just share a little bit about that um, kind of that journey into a relationship with God that is so critical, and yet um, we rarely hear it taught about. You know, really um, are invited into 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 the experience of it. So, just you know, what does it mean to quiet ourselves? What does it really mean to he- begin to hear with our hearts? And I just I thought that part of the book was really simple and yet profound. I, I think you know the. Preface that we've talked about, or the the precondition, or whatever, is that Jesus is present. Uh, he's not on the throne up there someplace. That He's brought His throne within our own hearts, and um, so um, initially to have Him in the room uh, is a good place to start. Um, uh, to have we believe He's in our hearts, but we uh, that's harder a little bit. So I think to have him in the room and say, well, how might this go if he's sitting in the chair next to me? And, um, and that, um, so we see, for example, Jesus in, in uh, the synagogue reading a passage of scripture. And so, you know, using the word is, is a good thing to do. But then to stop and ask, Lord, what are you saying to me in this? passage what what word what phrase what what's this for me and and then to be still and listen to our own again christ in you the hope of glory is is so we we listen for internal communication uh, not so much external it uh, his voice feels like our voice his thoughts feel like our thoughts they're not so yeah, our minds wander and we, you know, but if we can just be still and pretty soon we learn to spot what, oh, you know, I, I, I don't think I thought that up. It's possible, but, uh, and so then we sit with it and, or maybe it's, it's not a word we need, but it's, it's his comfort and his understanding and his presence. We, uh, we need a hug. Uh, we need to, we need to cry on his shoulder a bit. We, we need to complain, right? We, uh, Psalms are full of complaining, right? It's, he can handle it. And, you know, where were you when? And, uh, you know, Barry does a lot of that particularly, but so did Jim and Lillian, you know, that's, uh, and then the, you know, be still. I, I think we we want to control. We we give we give the Lord thirty seven seconds, and if we don't get anything, then we uh, turn to another passage or play some music or so to be patient with ourselves and uh, trust the Lord to get through it to us in a way that uh, you know. I I found you know the. The Lord's voice sounds like what we know as silence. And we talk about silence and solitude uh, a lot in the spiritual formation language. But um, from my perspective, uh, we're never alone. 
uh, we are more in relationship uh, when we're, quote, alone with the Lord than in any crowd, in any group we could ever be in. Uh, uh, there's an intimacy, a presence there that uh, you just can't realize in any human relationship. And, and secondly, Jesus is the word of God. Uh, does he just sit there and stare at us? You know, it's, uh, he, he's, he is the communication of God. He, uh, he, he's not shy about, we just don't see him in scripture uh, saying, well, you go figure it out. You know, the, the disciples said, well, we didn't get that parable. So he explains it to them. And, you know, but to us, it feels like silence because we're, we want something. We want either a noise in our ear or a thought in our brain that is in English. And it, uh, but it, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks within our heart. It, it's first spiritual. And then you know, the Desert Fathers taught us that it, that, that then our mind, our intellect spots it, uh, considers it, translates it into our uh, first language, if you will, and begins to mull it over and consider it. And it, so it, um, to give ourselves that kind of time and to be patient with ourselves, and yes, our minds wander and uh, and the Lord's not the least bit concerned. I think we, uh, one of the dangers in centering prayer is that while it's very helpful to learn how to be present to the Lord, uh, it can become a control exercise. So I'm going to imagine this. And so Lord, you, you can speak to me within this passage, or you can speak to me within this image, uh, and again, they, they can be helpful, but we we need to realize, no, the Lord is going to do what he's going to do. And if we, if we can simply be present and as attentive as we can be, and that uh, he's taken on the responsibility to communicate with us. Uh, he, he hasn't given us the responsibility to figure him out. He's the good shepherd, right? Uh, so... Yeah, I think that's, um, but it, it takes, our world is so filled uh, with sensory input um, and particularly our world today, we're just, we listen to music. I mean, there's cars going by on the street outside. There's uh, all kinds of things. And we, so to, to be still enough that we can even be attentive to our own heart, what's going on inside me? What am I feeling right now? What, what's going on? And, uh, and sometimes we only know the right question to ask the Lord when we can discern what we're feeling. You know, I'm feeling lonely, Lord. I'm feeling afraid. I'm worried. Uh, and so then, but he's going to meet us and talk to us about, I think, what's really going on inside. But if we're not aware of it, um, then he, he may speak to us, but we don't get why that's relevant. So we think it's my mind wandering or it's something else. So. To that point, Tom, could I, um, just a couple of quotes I had marked and, and maybe there are a few words just to help people because this is a question I I hear a lot. So in, in the, story Jim is asking Jesus well yeah I get it we've seen you but what about the people who haven't seen you and Jesus goes on to say to Jim people must first come to really believe it's possible to experience me as present and and I guess just as a way to to help people who maybe are just like I have no idea how to even start that feels like a starting point perhaps to believe it's possible? Well, you know, I think it, it, for us as Christians, it's, it starts with the scriptures. We just, you know, in from the Old Testament right on through, uh, we just encounter these 
people who experience God as present in them. Um, we just do it, and and of course, then the whole the whole idea of the incarnation is that okay, we're going to take we're going to notch this presence thing up in, on a level. You know, you've had to hear God through the prophets. You've had to experience Him in in these uh, maybe obtuse ways, and we're going to notch this up again and. I'm going to come to you as flesh and blood, and and then to again the scripture that the incarnation didn't stop there, that Christ comes to live within our hearts, and as Christians we we all know that, but we don't take it seriously. So it um, we just don't have a single example in scripture that I'm aware of of people who wanted to know the Lord who didn't experience him. Now, I wait on the Lord. My soul does wait. You know, does it happen on, on cue? And, you know, how many years, Lord, and so on. So it's, but, so, so starting with scripture. And then um, I think the second way um, is the person that you were kind to in the store, Jody. Um, you know, we're created in the image and likeness of God. We're created with these intuitive sensors of the heart. And so she was able to verbalize to you, gee, you're a really kind person. And um, she got to, to know you better and spend more time with you, she'd probably say, you know, when she could, you know, I, I are you a Christian? Are uh, you know? I think I experienced God in you, and so we uh, often the way then this next step of experiencing is through other believers. So um, a hug, uh, you know, a. a eye contact, listening ear, a caring touch, uh, presence. So you were you were present to her and she responded to that. And so at least in my own journey, that's where you know I left my prayer group that night on the way home and I realized Jesus had been there. And that men saw into one another's hearts uh, and cared and loved and prayed. Um, in a way that was more and that somehow I experienced the Lord and uh, but his voice wasn't any different than the voice of the men in the room but but I saw a miracle happen see it, it you know a man who got new hope for his marriage uh, and so on that uh, a man who discovered um, something that the Lord spoke to him. So I think that, uh, so if I uh, can A, learn that God is present and uh, and that that's, yeah, and that it's his intention that I experience him. Jesus said, come and see, right? I mean, in every case, he just, he makes himself known. And and then, uh, you know, learning how to be still. So what we do so much in formation and the spiritual disciplines, well, all right, now I'm outside my men's group or with most people, uh, they don't have a community like that. You know, they, they go to church or they may go to a Bible study or, and they learn and are taught uh, well, but in terms of the kind of, conversation uh, where we're pouring out our hearts and seeking the Lord together. Uh, I would say most of us don't have that. And so it, so we, we learn it. And so that's, that's so powerful of what you guys are, are doing, uh, you know, and the whole, your whole Cloudwalk ministry is, is helping people discover those kinds of relationships 
wish Jesus is present and to live into them and uh, to taste them. And now when I'm by myself in my prayer closet, I, I don't hear his voice or feel his touch through another believer, but uh, I become aware. And so my spiritual director, the spiritual disciplines that I learn, uh, I can make space and help my heart become attentive what the Lord wants to do in me. At this point in the podcast, we're going to shift and have Tom lead us in a prayer practice. This is only part one of our conversation with Tom, and if you'd like to tune in next week, subscribe to the podcast and you'll get a notification when part two of our conversation goes live. In this prayer, we've built in some times of silence, but we invite you to pause the episode at any point in time if you'd like to sit in silence a bit longer. Well, now as we end our conversation together, we uh, is, is the, the practice within space is to invite us to, um, to just seek the Lord together along this line. And so we're going to have... Uh, a time of being with the Lord now, um, recognizing, as we've been discussing, that he is, in fact, with us, his promise uh, to never leave us or forsake us. He's in the room. Uh, he's within us uh, by his Holy Spirit and, um, and that he's interested uh, in connecting with us, in meeting us, um, and making his presence known. So, um, we're just going to accept that as uh, scripture's teaching and uh, just allow that to happen. So what I'd like uh, you to do is to uh, get comfortable reasonably, uh, not in bed probably, but uh, to get comfortable. Um, uh, to, and I'm going to open with prayer and then just kind of guide you through a process of uh, letting the Lord be present to you and to discerning his presence. So Holy Father, blessed Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have come to us, that your own intention and your love for us, that you're with us right now. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to surround us and provide a place alone for you. There may be things going on around us, noises, uh, people, uh, but allow us to just be in a quiet place, a private place uh, with you. Lord, help us to surrender ourselves to your lordship in this time, to trust you with what you want to do, and to reach out to us in the way you want to. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to give us eyes to see and ears to hear um, your loving presence with us. So what I'd like you to do now in this private place of the Lord is to um, picture what it might be like if the Lord were to get your attention uh, with his presence um, in some way that similar to Jim or Lillian or Barry in the book um, in one, he appeared in a dream. In another, he um, uh, he met her in a restaurant uh, and gave her a letter to read. And, and uh, poor Barry, he appeared while Barry was taking a shower and handed him a towel. So um, if Jesus were to appear to you to get your attention, in a way that you would know it was him for sure. I want to let you want you to let yourself imagine 
what he might do. Something that is unique to you. But only God would know that would be the way to get your attention in a way that you could believe, in fact, Jesus was appearing to you. So be still for a few minutes and just let your mind consider some options. And there isn't a right one or a wrong one. I'd like you to be still for a moment and pick one and then let it play out. Just imagine it. Let the Holy Spirit guide and sanctify your imagination for a few minutes here. Now that you've pictured the scene and uh, kind of recorded it in your mind, I'd like you to ask the Lord to show you what he would say to you. In each of the cases in the book and these three characters, uh, the Lord had something that he wanted to say to them, that he wanted them to know. Um, so what would he say to you? He's appeared to you, he's present, he's with you visibly and audibly right now. And again, allow the Holy Spirit to guide your imagination and what you know about you and what you know about him. And what would he want to talk to you about? What would he want to say to you? How would he want to express his love for you? Just be still for a little bit and let the thoughts roll through your mind. And then pick a line that sounds right to you and let it play out. I'd like you to take a piece of paper and maybe a journal if you have it, and you can pause and go grab it and come back, but still while it's really fresh. And I'd write, like you to write down uh, three areas. Uh, first is uh, a few words that will remind you how the Lord appeared to you. You don't have to write it all down right now, even though you may want to come back and add the details to it later, but just enough so that you'll, you'll remember the key points. And then I'd like you to jot down what it was the Lord wanted to say to you. That What was the topic that he brought up? What was the area where he wanted to... Um, meet you and love you and care for you and minister to you. So again, jot down a few words. You don't have to write down the whole conversation. Again, you may want to come back and elaborate, but spend just a few moments now. Now, the third thing I'd like you to, to journal about how do you want to respond to him? What is it that you'd like to say to him? How would you, how would you like to respond? Again, if, if you've read Presence, which you probably haven't yet, but each of the three characters responded quite differently. Uh, Barry swore. <laughs> each of them uh, reacted quite differently. But So how might you respond to the sense of what the Lord wanted to say to you. 
again, picturing him sitting with you right there in the room, what would you say? What would you do? Jot that down. And I go back to still time and just be quiet with it. And remember that the conversation about this topic has only just begun. Because when you complete the podcast or stop your prayer time, the Lord's not going anywhere. He's going to continue with you. And you know that he's the word of God. He, uh, he usually speaks to the people who are listening. So let the conversation unfold in the hours and days that are ahead of you. And allow the sensors of your heart that God put in you to discern his voice, his presence, his thoughts, his feelings, to grow and mature and learn, to keep your spiritual eyes and ears open he loves you so very much and he so desperately wants you to know he's present with you all the time amen